VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. And thank you for joining us on Crosstalk today. It's a news roundup Friday today, and we are so grateful to Sandy, who's been compiling the stories throughout the course of this week and getting them readied for the broadcast here for the afternoon. And uh, we've got Karen on the phones, Dennis in the control room. I think we're all set to go. Friends, as we go through these stories, again, troubling times in which we live. I mean, we just had uh, Pastor Richard Schmidt with us yesterday highlighting uh, this topic of globalism and uh, the perilous times that the Apostle Paul uh, wrote to Timothy concerning. We are seeing them ever before our our very eyes as to the matters that are unfolding uh, in these days. And uh, so we're going to highlight a number of matters that are going on. And, uh, friend, just to remind each of us the importance of being diligent, upholding the authority of God's Word, to be faithful in being good ambassadors of Jesus Christ, to advance the gospel, and to be salt in these days as well. From LifeSiteNews.com, the U.S. Senate passed the uh, Democratic bill to codify same-sex marriage, 61 to 36 vote. As we've mentioned before, uh, 12 Republicans jumping on board to give final approval for the so-called Respect for Marriage Act um, that uh, puts into uh, law the uh, uh, Obergefell decision makes a redefinition of marriage to the law of the land, including in the event that the Supreme Court overturns Obergefell. The bill that repeals the Defense of Marriage Act of 1996 that was signed by President Bill Clinton, federally recognized marriage as between one man and one woman, guaranteed the right of states to uphold traditional marriage, and instead now requires the federal government in all 50 states to recognize so-called homosexual marriages and other civil marriages lawfully performed in any state. From CNSNews.com, Dr. Barry Black, he is the chaplain of the U.S. Senate, called to the podium at the front of the chamber November 28th to say a prayer as is a customary practice before the Senate begins its daily sessions. The uh, major business, though, that day was to approve the so-called Respect for Marriage Act that effectively approves homosexual marriage nationwide. Dr. Black said in his prayer, Lord, give us a grace to stay on the road of virtuous and godly living. Bring us into an even deeper understanding of your will. Give our senators your peace and an awareness of your abiding presence. May they exercise self-control and be faithful in everything they do, he said in his prayer. And then said, Lord, empower them to cling tightly to their faith in you and to keep their conscience clear. The Washington Stand is reporting that there was plenty of sad storylines from Tuesday night's marriage vote. Perhaps the saddest, at least to the movement's veterans, was watching men and women that they trusted to try and justify the abandonment of their longtime principles. Some didn't bother. Others, like Senator Todd Young of Indiana, took to the pages of their state's newspapers to mitigate the damage back home. And then there was Cynthia Lummis of Wyoming, whose tragic and flawed thought process was laid bare for everyone to see and lament. For a full minute, Lummis launched into a series of compelling reasons to oppose the bill, saying the Bible teaches that marriage is between one man and one woman. She said, I accept God's word, including God's word as to the definition of marriage. I support my church's adherence to that biblical pronouncement. I support Wyoming's statute, which codifies that definition. Then in a surprising candid twist, she talked about the hostility that she's experienced from the left for her views saying I and many like me have been vilified and despised by some who disagree with our beliefs. They do not withhold bitter invective. She said they use their own hateful speech to make sure that I and others who believe as I do now that we are hated and despised by them. From those who advocate for tolerance, we do well by taking this step, not embracing or validating each other's devoutly held views, but by the simple act of tolerating them. And that, Madam President, explains my vote. What? What? Unfortunately, it explains much more than her vote. It explains the collapse of Christian courage. And she talked about how, yeah, I stand by what the Bible says. Marriage is between a man and a woman. And, and then just totally reversed herself in casting her vote. Is it a wonder we got problems going on? 
We don't know what is right. We don't know what is wrong. We don't know, uh, you know, what is evil, what is good in our land any longer. CBN News says the largest faith-based professional health care association in the U.S. celebrating a final victory in its federal court case to protect the religious rights of its members. They are fighting a government mandate that would have forced them to perform gender transition procedures or abortions against their conscience and best medical judgment. Christian Medical and Dental Association was represented in its six-year battle by attorneys with Beckett. Uh, The case, Franciscan Alliance versus Becerra, was brought by CMDA. It's a group of religious hospitals also in nine states that appeared poised to head to the U.S. Supreme Court after unanimous victory from the U.S. Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. The last Friday, the Biden administration gave up on seeking a Supreme Court review of that case. From the Business Insider, President Joe Biden's student loan forgiveness plan continues to suffer blow after blow. On Wednesday night, a three-judge panel in the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that it would not grant the Biden administration's request to pause a district court decision that blocked the implementation of a student loan forgiveness program. Biden's Justice Department will likely take the case to the Supreme Court, as it's already done with a separate ruling from the Eighth Circuit, which also blocked uh, implementation of the loan forgiveness program. Biden announced just before Thanksgiving that he would be extending the student loan payment pause through June 30th of 2023, or 60 days after lawsuits are resolved, whichever comes first. From Fox Business, President Biden today signed bipartisan legislation to avert a railroad workers strike, congratulating Congress for working with his team to avoid what would have been called a real disaster. Lawmakers and industry representatives had warned that a Threatened strike by transportation unions ahead of the holidays could have catastrophic consequences for the U.S. economy. The newly enacted law codifies a July deal negotiated by rail unions and the Biden administration that would raise workers' pay by 24 percent over a five-year period, 2020 through 2024, including an immediate payout on average of 11000 upon ratification. CBN News also reports that the rail unions have centered negotiations around paid sick leave as well as other quality-of-life issues, maintaining that the railroads are highly profitable and can afford the benefits. However, the railroads say that the unions have agreed in negotiations for decades to forego paid sick time in return for higher wages and robust short-term disability. Friends, there's an important uh, Supreme Court case coming up on Monday. This from Liberty Council. The U.S. Supreme Court will hear oral arguments on Monday regarding a Denver-area website designer subject to a Colorado state law that censors and coerces the speech of creative professionals whose religious beliefs do not conform to state-accepted beliefs. Liberty Council filed an amicus brief to the High Court in 303 Creative versus uh, Elenis in support of the free speech of Colorado native Lori Smith. Smith creates unique and beautiful websites for her clients and started her business in 2012 to exercise creative freedom. She serves everyone but cannot use her design skills and creativity to express messages that violate her deeply held religious beliefs. However, under Colorado's Anti-Discrimination Act, Smith could be punished simply for offering to create websites only celebrating weddings consistent with her beliefs that marriage is between one man and one woman. In addition, the law acts as a gag order that prevents Smith from expressing on her website the reasons why she only creates messages celebrating certain ideas. Ironically, Colorado's public accommodation law does allow secular artists, but not religious ones like Smith, to make message-based refusals. Isn't that interesting? Well, coming to us from WND.com, in a lawsuit by three doctors according, uh, accusing the FDA of interfering in their treatment of COVID-19, patients with ivermectin, a lawyer for the FDA insisted that urging people to stop taking the medicine was merely an informal recommendation. The fact that the recommendation, which included mocking the drug as horse dewormer, prompted hospitals and pharmacies to ban its use for COVID-19 doesn't mean that the FDA bears any responsibility, contended Isaac Belfer in a hearing in federal court in Texas. The cited statements were not directives. They were not mandatory. They were recommendations. They said that what parties should do, Belfer said. Well, attorneys for the physicians, who included Dr. Paul Merrick, cited three online posts by the FDA, including a tweet featuring a photo of a horse saying, you are not a horse, you're not a cow, seriously, y'all, stop it. 
The tweet linked to an FDA website titled Why You Should Not Use Ivermectin to Treat or Prevent COVID-19. On a separate page, the FDA stated the question, should I, should I take Ivermectin to re, uh, prevent or treat COVID-19? The answer was no. However, an attorney for the physicians, Jared Kelson, told the court that the FDA's argument doesn't explain the language it used. Stop it. Stop it with the ivermectin. The FDA's actions clearly convey that this is not an acceptable way to treat these patients, he argued. Kelson said that if the government is going to label ivermectin a horse medicine or a horse dewormer and promulgate the idea that it only it's only for animals, then the natural correlation is that doctors who prescribe it are horse doctors or quack doctors, which has played out. The FDA has said that effective uh, that has effectively maligned a common drug that has been used for a very long time and has been dispersed in billions of doses. WND.com reporting an Australian cardiologist has called for the halting of the use of the Pfizer and Moderna COVID-19 mRNA vaccines after seeing a rise in heart conditions that he believes are caused by the shots. The conclusion by Dr. Ross Walker of Sydney came after two prominent cardiologists, Dr. Peter McCullough and Dr. Asim Melhorda, publicly stated the best explanation for the sudden and unexpected deaths and cardiac events in otherwise healthy people in the COVID-19 vaccines. He said, I've seen 60 to 70 patients in my practice over the past 12 months who have had similar reactions, Walker told the paper, a cardiologist calling for the halt to the COVID shots. The Daily Caller reporting in an Ohio court Tuesday upheld a legal pause on separations for airmen who have requested religious exemptions to the mandatory COVID-19 vaccine after finding that the Air Force wrongly relied on overly broad reasoning to turn down the waivers. The Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled in an ongoing class action suit prosecuted by roughly 10,000 unvaccinated active duty reserve and National Guard airmen who have either had their request to avoid the vaccine on religious grounds denied or still awaiting a decision. The DOD wrongly relied on its broad formulated reasons for the vaccine mandate to deny specific exemptions to the plaintiffs, especially since it has granted secular exemptions to their colleagues, the court opinion said. In addition, the latest opinion from the courts, uh, this would be the Ohio Sixth Circuit, alleges that the Air Force adopted a uniform policy of denying religious exemption requests, but not exemption requests made for secular reasons, regardless of the requester's individual circumstances. So court uh, to decide, Air Force wrongly dismissed religious exemption requests from unvaxxed airmen. Let's see, also coming to us, uh, this from LifeSiteNews.com, a private medical clinic has opened in Lucca, Italy, that is devoted to caring for patients who've been injured by the experimental COVID-19 vaccines. The clinic was opened by a group of doctors and health workers who were recently reinstated to their positions after newly elected uh, Prime Minister uh, Georgia uh, Milani's government removed discriminatory language that, uh, that barred vaccine-free Italians from working in healthcare. Uh, Italian medical rights group celebrated the clinic as helpful and welcoming, but a left-wing, uh, left-wing political party from uh, Tuscany has attempted to pressure the mayor to publicly disavow the clinic, seeking to help heal those suffering from COVID vaccine injuries. We've got more stories after the break. It's a News Roundup Friday. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, geologist and president of the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, does the fossil record prove evolution? Not at all, Chris. In fact, it couldn't prove evolution because evolution didn't happen. I don't even think it supports evolution very well. What we see in the fossil record are the same kinds of plants and animals which are alive today. They can be put in the various categories such as clams or snails or brachiopods. Some animals, like the dinosaurs, have gone extinct, but none of the fossils seem to point to one type of animal evolving or changing into another type. That's because evolution simply didn't happen. What did happen is creation. Creation of the basic types of plants and animals that God created. They exist into the present day or else have gone extinct, but nothing else has arisen since then. 
And that's the way it is back in Genesis. To learn more about creation, get our free DVD called That's a Fact. Call us at 800-628-7640 and mention the promo code FACT. This is Crosstalk coming your way from VCY America, a news roundup Friday here today. A headline from Breitbart uh, caught our attention. Anthony Fauci's daughter works for leftist organization helping groups push vaccines. They report there's still a massive vaccine campaign being pushed by federal health officials and organizations. And Fauci's daughter works for an organization that assists in that effort. Uh, This would be uh, Ali Fauci. A graduate of Stanford listed as a senior software engineer empower project, which helps communities, progressive organizations and nonprofits leverage their personal relationships to build power and dramatically expand the electorate. Connected to the Empower Project is a 501c3 nonprofit, the Empower Fund, focused on promoting vaccine education, access and equity. The Empower Fund actually teamed up with uh, DHS Wisconsin to promote what it describes as vaccine acceptance via Get Well Wisconsin, which focuses on providing coaching, software, and grants specific to COVID-19 to their partnership. The Get Well Wisconsin plan also includes expanding their volunteer recruitment so that they can directly enlist COVID-19 vaccination advocates in targeted geographic areas that might not be reached by partnerships or where partners need help building up volunteer capacity. Ultimately, the Empower Funds touts grant funds available for organizations in the state, Wisconsin, to help organizations battle coronavirus misinformation. Grant funding is available to 501c3 organizations in Wisconsin that wish to engage in a relational organization program around vaccine access, education, and equity. But the nonprofit sphere of influence goes far beyond that. We support large national and local community organizations like Rock the Vote, Wisdom, Isaiah, Michigan United, Down Home, NC, uh, We Are CASA, and hundreds more who are servicing communities highly impacted by the uh, the pandemic and are positioned to use relational organizing to make a difference. Uh, Other partners of the Empower Fund include the Sunrise Movement, Faith in Public Life, Rock the Vote, Wisconsin Farmers Union, Wisconsin Voice, Civic Lab, Voices for Racial Justice, Move Texas, Turnout Nation, and many more. As the War Room reported, several of the organizations working with the Empower Fund are funded by George Soros Open Society Foundation and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. The Political Insider reports in what seems to be another foray into the left-wing logic, the World Health Organization announced on Monday that they will no longer use the term monkeypox because of racist and stigmatizing language over usage of the term. The WHO released a statement which read in part, following a series of consultations with global experts, WHO will begin using a new preferred term, M-pox, as a synonym for monkeypox. Both names will be used simultaneously for one year while monkeypox is phased out. The Post-Millennial reporting My Pillow CEO Mike Lindell officially running to chair the Republican National Committee. Lindell made the announcement on Monday during an appearance on Steve Bannon's War Room podcast. Let's see, from WND.com, following the passionate testimony of poll workers and voters expressing anger and frustration, the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors voted unanimously to certify their election canvas ahead of a state deadline Monday. Republican gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake, who lost to Secretary of State Katie Hobbs by less than 18,000 votes, according to the official count, has charged voting tabulator and printing malfunctions suppressed the vote on Election Day when most of the supporters planned to cast their ballots. Lake said she's working with a team of patriotic, talented lawyers on a legal challenge to the election result. Just the news reporting two members of Arizona's Mojave County Board of Supervisors said Monday that they voted to certify the results of the November 8th elections under duress, claiming that he was forced to do so under threat of jail time. The Epic Times tells us an Arizona County Board of Supervisors certified their jurisdiction midterm election results on Thursday at the other uh, 
the order of a judge three days after they missed their statutory deadline of November 28. Judge Casey McGinley of the Pima County Superior Court instructed uh, the uh, county board's chair of supervisors to convene and declare the results official by 5 p.m. Mountain Time on Thursday. McGinley ruled that the failure of two Republican supervisors to certify the results before the state's legal deadline was illegal. So following the certification Thursday, state officials in Arizona will now be able to proceed with statewide certification on Monday after the board voted 2-0 to zero to certify the outcome of the November 8 midterm election. TheCenterSquare.com reporting there are new questions about the 2020 election after the latest numbers from the 2022 election. State Representative Janelle Branchin of Menominee Falls, Wisconsin, on Tuesday said this year's military voting numbers show something happened between the two elections. We have learned that the number of active military members voting in the 22 election, the 2022 election, dropped by over 83% since the 2020 election, Branch had said in a statement. Something is wrong there. From townhall.com, newly minted Twitter CEO and owner Elon Musk revealed Wednesday that under previous ownership, or rather leadership, the social media giant did in fact interfere in elections. Musk promised Twitter 2.0 will change course and operate transparently on the issue. Most infamously, Twitter banned any mention of Hunter Biden's laptop in the lead-up to the 2020 presidential election. And from FoxNews.com, the former head of trust and safety at Twitter recently admitted that the social media company's decision decision to censor the Hunter Biden laptop story in 2020, he said, was a mistake. Ex-Twitter safety chief Yoel Roth said that despite concerns about the authenticity of the laptop story, it did not reach a point where he wanted to remove the content. Coming to us from uh, Pamela Geller indicating that the 2022 election turned out to be a major letdown for Republicans, and China may have something to do with that. According to Forbes, the communists used TikTok to spread political messages largely critical of the GOP in the months leading up to the election. The accounts in question have millions of followers who were able to accumulate the tens of millions of views spreading propaganda the Chinese state found useful. Uh, Lord willing, on uh, Monday's Crosstalk program, Alex Newman will be joining us dealing with Communist China. There's a number of issues going on there uh, pertaining to the protests, the lockdowns, rebellion against the government. Alex will uh, comment on many issues taking place in China, Lord willing, this coming Monday. From CBNNews.com, Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Vicera uh, recently confirmed that the Biden administration supports using taxpayer dollars to cover gender transition procedures for minors and adults that healthcare providers have determined are, quote, medically necessary. In a written testimony submitted to the House Committee on Education and Labor on November 29, Becerra suggested the administration has no issue using tax dollars to cover treatments like hormone therapy, sex reassignment surgery, and facial surgery. From Breitbart, the New York Times has published a lengthy front-page story admitting that gender-affirming drugs for those the White House refers to as transgender kids can cause permanent physical and emotional damage. But as an increasing number of adolescents identified as transgender in the U.S., an estimated 300,000 ages 13 to 17 and an untold number who are younger, concerns are growing among some medical professionals about the consequences of the drugs. A New York Times examination found the questions are fueling government reviews in Europe, prompting a, uh, a push for more research and leading some prominent uh, specialists to reconsider at what age to prescribe them and for how long. A small number of doctors will not recommend them at all. There's an emerging evidence of potential harm from using blockers, according to reviews of scientific papers and interviews with more than 50 doctors and academic experts around the world. Yeah, even the New York Times admitting gender-affirming drugs could hurt trans youths. Here's another shocker from the Daily Signal. Second- and third-generation heirs of Walmart founder Sam Walton's fortune have funneled millions of dollars into 
LGBTQ-related causes in their home state of Arkansas. Among other things, these Walton-funded groups and the Walmart Foundation have sponsored local drag shows and story hours for kids, teens-only events for LGBTQ-identifying youth, and other progressive causes such as diversity, equity, and inclusion programs in public schools and the State University in Fayetteville, Arkansas. The Walton Family Foundation, the Walmart Foundation, are leading sponsors of Northwest Arkansas Equality, an LGBTQ nonprofit based in Fayetteville. Uh, NWA Equality's Dixon uh, Divas Drag Events, for instance, featuring drag queen brunches and children's story times to Arkansas residents. Uh, In Fayetteville, the group sponsors Northwest Arkansas Pride, the state's largest LGBTQ pride celebration. Other news here today on our news roundup from the Daily Caller. A federal court Wednesday approved Minneapolis, Minnesota's agreement to pay 12 protesters a combined $600,000 for injuries sustained during 2020 demonstrations over George Floyd's murder. The agreement settled a lawsuit brought by the ACLU of Minnesota on the protesters' behalf and bars Minneapolis from arresting or using physical force, including chemical agents, against people demonstrating legally. Tear gas, foam bullets, and pepper spray became weapons for intimidating and hurting protesters, making it dangerous for people to exercise their First Amendment rights, said ACLU Minnesota Legal Director Teresa Nelson. We hope this settlement sends a message to law enforcement across Minnesota that this violation of our constitutional rights will not be tolerated. Hot Air is reporting that Rains PDX in Portland was opened in 2019. The store sells raincoats and waterproof bags, was the first U.S. partner with Rains Denmark. Well, over the weekend, owner Marcy Landolfo announced that she was closing the store permanently because of constant break-ins and danger to her employees. Marcy Landolfo is at her breaking point this week, marked the 15th break-in at Rains PDX within a year and a half. Landolfo said most of those repairs at the Northeast Portland location were paid for out of pocket. Other times she just left the windows boarded up. It's just too much with the losses. They are not covered by insurance. This dangers everything. It's just not sustainable, Landolfo said. The products that are being targeted are the very expensive winter products, and I just felt like like uh, the minute I got those in the store, they're going to get stolen, she said. She posted a statement on the store window, which reads in part, Due to the constant and unrelenting criminal behavior coupled with escalating safety issues for our employees, we've decided to permanently close. Our city is in peril. Small businesses and large cannot sustain doing business in our city's current state. We have no protection or recourse against the criminal behavior that goes unpunished. Do not be fooled into thinking that insurance companies cover losses. We have sustained 15 break-ins. We have not received any financial reimbursement since the third. The letter concludes, please be vigilant in voting to make our city safe again. Another big city refusing to to battle the crime issue, and now hear a major retailer closing after 15 break-ins in 18 months. Newsmax.com reporting Montana Montana Attorney General Austin Knudsen claims shipping companies UPS and FedEx are helping the Biden administration skirt laws that prohibit the federal government from creating a national gun owner registry, according to a letter sent to companies on Tuesday. Uh, The letter, obtained by the Washington Free Beacon, claims new shipping guidelines um, and uh, bypass uh, guidelines with unprecedented uh, specifications here and bypass warrant requirements to share that information with federal agencies. Knudsen said sources who spoke with his office indicated the Biden administration's BATF told the companies they have to do this. Very interesting. Montana AG, UPS, FedEx working with feds to track gun purchases. More stories after the break. This is Crosstalk. Christmas has become ground zero in an ongoing culture war where nativity scenes are nixed. Merry Christmas becomes happy holidays. And even the word Christmas is considered by some as offensive. Addressing this ongoing battle is the book, The War on Christmas, edited by Bodie Hodge from Answers in Genesis. With full-color pictures and illustrations throughout, The War on Christmas provides answers concerning a host of issues and misconceptions surrounding Christmas. 
You'll learn where the name Christmas comes from. Is it a pagan holiday? What about replacing Christ with the letter X? You'll find chapters on the Christmas star, the virgin birth, the magi, why creation is important to Christmas, and so much more. This book also presents the gospel, which is often lost as this time is celebrated. The War on Christmas is available for a donation of $18 by calling VCY America at 1-800-729-9829. We thank you for listening to Crosstalk here on VCY America, and we see the lawlessness that is abounding across this nation. We spoke about this yesterday with uh, Pastor Richard Schmidt and his book, uh, Dealing with Globalism. And uh, uh, just want to remind you, we are making that book available, our way of saying thank you for your support of $16 or more. Uh, you can reach out through our website, vcyamerica.org, or by calling our switchboard at 1-800-729-9829. really gets into the uh, passages from Second Timothy chapter 3, chapter 4 in particular, and uh, laying out for us uh, the, 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 the very issues that uh, we see unfolding before our very eyes and how the events of today, whether it be that of global climate change or, or some of these other issues, are being used to actually foster in the one-world economy, the one-world governmental system as well. Let's uh, get back to uh, some of the news roundup here today from Just the News. Uh, GOP leader Kevin McCarthy this week said that the Republican-controlled House next year will move to reopen the U.S. Capitol to the public after several years of restrictions under Democratic leadership. Well, Disney's at it again. From LifeSiteNews.com, uh, Disney coming under fire for a scene in its new Christmas miniseries, The Santa Clauses where child actors playing elves greet Santa with giant letters spelling, We Love You, Satan, before quickly re- rearranging themselves to spent out their intended message, We Love You, Santa. Nothing, folks, by the way, is ever accidental with Disney. That's my opinion. Daily Citizen is reporting the Grinch arrived early in King County, Washington, in the form of a memo to its employees cautioning them about religious holiday decorations at work, including their virtual workspace, like a home office. The memo claimed that the county was committed to honoring the diversity in its workforce while warning against displaying nativity scenes, menorahs, and other religious symbols. King County is the most populous county in Washington state and home to Seattle, the largest city in the state. From Faithwire, with Drag Queen Story Hour continuing to pop up in locations across the U.S., two pastors are on a mission to push back with their own effort to instill a biblical worldview in children. Dale Partridge and uh, Michael Foster have joined forces to create Pastor Story Hour. And the efforts sparked after Foster started a conversation on Twitter about the need to stop complaining about Drag Queen Story Hour and to start taking action. Well, he's taken action. He told CBN's Faithwire, uh, you saw Foster write that Christians should start an alternative effort. So he promptly texted Foster about joining arms and Pastor Story Hour became a reality. I went down to the local library, I scheduled a time to do a pastor story time, uh, Partridge said. Uh, he said 15 to 20 kids showed up with their parents, calling the effort a great experience. I think the kids loved it, and a lot of parents loved it, Partridge said. Foster invoked the biblical command to be salt and light while discussing his motivation for creating the movement. Also appealed to men to be more vocal on these issues. All Christian men should be out there leading the way, he said, if we don't fill the vacuum Who's going to fill the vacuum? Foster continued, people are looking for leadership. People are looking for wholesome stuff. And uh, maybe that's something you've wondered. What can we do? Our local library is doing this. How about you uh, set up a time having a pastor story hour at your local library? TheBlaze.com reporting, Nina Jakovitz, uh, the uh, controversial pick by Joe Biden to lead the Department of Homeland Security's Disinformation Governance Board for the entirety of its three-week existence. While undaunted in her desire to become a star uh, state-funded arbiter of truth, the 33-year-old self-described Mary Poppins of disinformation is now registered as a foreign agent so that she can combat undesirable speech abroad. FoxNews.com reporting a Louisiana teacher posted on Facebook how confusing students about gender identity was enjoyable. The teacher, Blaine Bankart, 
a music teacher at University Elementary School in Shreveport who uses the term mix as opposed to Mr. or Ms. The kids are confused, asking why I have a mustache if I'm a girl. If I'm Mr. Bankhart now, why am I trying to look like a boy, etc.? I'm just ignoring those questions, redirecting so I don't get into trouble. Says that uh, there's uh, enjoys confusing students about gender identity. CBS News is reporting Nebraska's agricultural officials say another 1.8 million uh, chickens must be killed after bird flu was found on a farm. And the latest sign that the outbreak that has already prompted the slaughter of more than 50 million birds nationwide continues to spread. The Nebraska Department of Agriculture said Saturday that the state's 13th case of bird flu found on an egg-laying farm in northeast Nebraska's Dixon County, about 120 miles north of Omaha. Uh, Just like on other farms where bird flu has been found this year, all the chickens on the Nebraska farm will be killed to limit the spread of the disease. The U.S. Department of Agriculture says more than 52.3 million birds in 46 states, mostly chickens and turkeys, on commercial farms have been slaughtered as part of this year's outbreak. The Daily Caller reporting the Dutch government planning to buy and close down up to 3,000 farms near environmentally sensitive areas to be in compliance with EU environmental rules. It comes after farmer protests erupted this summer following a government plan to reduce nitrogen emissions by 50% by the year 2030. Um, Farmers believe the measure unfairly targeted the agriculture sector, responsible for the largest portion of nitrogen emissions in the Netherlands, the Times added. That would be the New York Times. In response to the decision, Executive Director of Consumers Research Will Hild told the Daily Caller that the Netherlands' war on farmers to pursue their ESG agenda serves as a stark warning that Americans should be vigilant against efforts by both governments and big Wall Street firms like BlackRock pushing these same dangerous net-zero carbon emissions targets here in the United States, closing down 3,000 farms to comply with their new EU environmental rules. The Daily Wire reporting that Democratic President Joe Biden faced backlash over the weekend after his administration announced that it would allow Chevron to resume pumping oil in socialist Venezuela. The move from the leftist Biden administration reversed restrictions that the Trump administration had put on companies in an effort to oust the socialist dictator Maduro there. Uh, The move by the Biden administration to ease sanctions on Venezuela comes as the administration has been hostile to issuing new drilling permits in the U.S. that has invited intense criticism. Uh, Let's go to Canada here. This uh, from Slay News. A Canadian bank has launched a new credit card that tracks the carbon footprint of the account holder. The launch of the new card makes Canada the first country to track its citizens' actions to monitor their impact on climate change. The move is raising major concerns that such a scheme could be used to restrict purchases based on compliance with the government's green agenda. Uh, Let's see. Augusta Free Press reporting ahead of the Thanksgiving weekend, Dominion Energy Virginia disconnected electricity to, threatened to, or forced a smart meter on more than half a dozen households across Virginia. According to Virginia's for Safe Technology, based in Fredericksburg, customers swapped out their smart meters for analog meters and are now being left without electricity. Milton Williams posted on a video on YouTube November 8th about letters from Dominion uh, threatening to shut off electricity if he did not install the smart meter in his home. Electricity was shut off November 10th and remains off. According to the press release, the Virginia State Corporation Commission approved the statewide installation of smart meters in January of 2022 as part of the grid transformation plan. Dominion upgraded my new house to smart meter without my knowledge or consent, Aaron Mack said in a press release. I have Lyme disease and cannot function with a smart meter on my home. But Dominion wouldn't remove it, so I had it replaced with an analog by a trained professional. I had just gotten home and was recovering from minor cancer surgery when Dominion showed up to cut off my power. Oh, let's move on to another story. Uh, AP News. Supervisors in San Francisco voted Tuesday to give city police the ability to use potentially lethal remote-controlled robots 
in emergency situations. The vote was 8-3, to three, the majority agreeing to grant police the option despite strong objection from civil liberties and other police oversight groups. The San Francisco Police Department says it does not have pre-armed robots and has no plans to arm robots with guns, but the department could deploy robots equipped with explosive charges to contact, incapacitate, or disorient violent, armed, or dangerous suspects when when lives are at stake, said a spokesperson, Allison Maxey. Uh, Robots equipped in this manner would only be used in extreme circumstances to save or prevent further loss of innocent lives. Supervisors amended the proposal Tuesday to specify that officers could use robots only after using alternative force or de-escalation tactics or concluding that they would not be able to subdue the suspect through those alternative means. Only a limited number of high-ranking officials could authorize the use of robots as a deadly force option. We talked about BlackRock before. Well, LifeSiteNews.com is reporting that, headed by historically popular Republican Governor Ron DeSantis, the state of Florida is withdrawing a whopping $2 billion in assets from BlackRock, the world's top investment manager, due to the company's promotion of left-wing agenda items through divisive environmental, social, and governance scores. That's ESG scores. Environmental, social, governance. The divestment appears to be the largest to date from a Republican state government as BlackRock continues to take hits for its increasingly unpopular promotion of ESG. In the press release, Petronas said that he doesn't trust BlackRock's ability to deliver and expressed opposition to BlackRock CEO Larry Fink's stated mission to shape society via stakeholder capitalism. Okay, uh, yeah, this is interesting from PJ Media. Oakland, California, the phrase, you know, your tax dollars at work, um, they are going to be giving people tax dollars in order to fund candidates. The past election, residents in Oakland overwhelmingly approved Measure W. Everyone over the age of 18, including the U.S. citizens who have legal permanent residency, will get four vouchers for $25 each every two years. That money is to be used to donate to the candidate of a given resident's choice for mayor, school board, or city council. According to the San Francisco Chronicle, the program, which is called Democracy Dollars, will amount to approximately $4 million each election and will come from the city's general fund. Currently, that fund pays for programs that provide a small amount of funding for local candidates, but giving uh, the citizens $425 vouchers uh, in order to spend on the candidates of their choice. Friends, we've got uh, more news here today, but I'd like to open our phone lines as well. If you'd like to comment on these or other current event issues in your area, uh, feel free to pick up your phone. Give us a call. Our number to cross talk, 800-733-9829. That's 800-733-9829. While you're calling, let me share this. Um, This coming from LifeNews.com. Warren Buffett, the fifth richest man in the world, according to Forbes, also happens to be a huge donor to the pro-abortion movement. Soon Planned Parenthood and other pro-abortion groups likely will see more of the millions coming their way after the Berkshire Hathaway billionaire donated, donated some $750 million in stock to his family's foundation in November. So many of those turned right back into uh, pro-abortion agencies. Uh, LifeNews.com telling us a growing number of pro-life Americans are reporting being fired from their jobs for sharing their views opposing the killing of unborn babies and abortion. This week, the Florida Politics reports a former hospital chaplain in Florida sued Orlando Health after he says he was fired for describing abortion as immoral on a personal Facebook post. We're going to take a quick break. We will come back to your phone calls. This is Crosstalk on VCY America. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum recently on video was praising China and all their accomplishments and talked about China as a great model for the rest of the world. Really? Communist China? Well, should we really be shocked 
When we realize it, Klaus Schwab admits on his own website, the World Economic Forum website, that he was mentored by Maurice Strong. Maurice Strong was the head of the Earth Summit in Rio in 1992 and gave us Agenda 21, now known as Agenda 2030. It was Maurice Strong who said, is it the only hope for the planet that the industrialized civilizations collapse? Isn't it our responsibility to bring that about? Well, that's exactly what they're doing, and the World Economic Forum says by 2030 you'll own nothing and be happy. They openly brag about taking advantage of one crisis after another, but many of them are manipulated. Will they manipulate the railroad crisis and the strike potentially December 9th? The economic crisis, the border crisis, the drug crisis? You bet they will. Are you prepared? I'm Brandon House. program is called Crosstalk, coming your way from the VCY American Network. Our telephone number, 800-733-9829. 800-733-9829. Let's begin in Laval, Wisconsin. Joe, you're on the air. Hi, Mr. Schneider. I just have a brief comment and a question. The comment is, I want to thank President Biden for not giving up on the student debt forgiveness. Now, my question is, do you think there might be less pushback if the lenders to the student loans were to voluntarily forgive the debt as opposed to being forced to by the government. Well, the problem, Joe, is that that the government virtually took over. The, the, the loans used to be through private banks, but the government took that over, and that means you and I. So that means that the taxpayers are having to fund any debt forgiveness. Uh, we are not the ones that entered into the uh, agreement to, to uh, you know, take out the loans. Uh, there are many students who have sacrificed greatly in order to pay back their loans, and yet uh, others are, are seeking to have their, their loans forgiven when they are the ones who, who ratcheted up the debt. Don't you see a problem with that? Okay, uh, thank you. Okay, okay thank you. Um, our number to crosstalk, 800-733-9829. Uh, Mark in Newark, Ohio, you're on the air. Yes, uh, I want to uh, discuss about that uh, senator from Wyoming and what you said. She is a Christian and what you said, and then she turned around and did an about face. Yeah. Ain't that what uh, Chamberlain did for Britain during uh, World War II as appeasement? And uh, if she's a Christian... He sure got a two-way face for that. Yeah. And as far as that uh, uh, student loans, I think this, <laughs> these these kids knew what they were getting into. But if they're going to go after anybody, I have to go after these universities that's jacking up these prices for no reason. So that's my comment for today. Okay, thank you for sharing our telephone number to Crosstalk, 800-733-9829. Again, that's 800-733-9829. Coming from the Daily Signal, Senator Sheldon Whitehouse of uh, Rhode Island called for revoking a tax exemption for a conservative group. You know why? For not masking up and socially distancing during the pandemic insisted on a slew of investigations of other conservative groups and pressed for the IRS to expand its reach. A total of 176 pages of correspondence from and to the White House was obtained from the IRS by the conservative watchdog group American Accountability Foundation through the Freedom of Information Act and shared with the Daily Signal. It's abundantly clear that the White House is trying to take the 87,000 new IRS agents and put them to work investigating me and my friends because he doesn't like their politics. Tom Jones, president and founder of the American Accountability Foundation, told the Daily Signal in a phone interview on Tuesday of this week. A warning from LifeSiteNews.com, the proposed Pregnant Workers Fairness Act could pass Congress during this lame duck session between now and the new Congress in January of 2023, could be harmful to religious freedom and the sanctity of life, according to some analyses. The legislation passed in the House of Representatives in 2021, but awaits a vote in the U.S. Senate. The bill ostensibly reinforces protections for pregnant workers, such as providing them reasonable accommodations in the workplace. However, vague language could be exploited to require employees, or rather the employer, to pay for abortions. Troubling. It's uh, the uh, Pregnant Workers Bill, and uh, you'll find more at LifeSiteNews.com, could force businesses to pay for abortions and thus 
trample religious liberty. WND.com, a notorious late-term abortionist under investigation in the state of Nebraska, where he's destroyed unborn infants for years, is now moving to the pro-abortion state of Colorado. That's the state where a pro-abortion Democrat governor and pro-abortion Democrat lawmakers in the legislature last session simply declared that the unborn have no rights in the state ever for any reason. That decision makes it uh, uh, behind California, possibly New York, probably the most ardent promoter of abortion among the states. It's the pro-life organization Operation Rescue that monitors and reports on the abortion industry in America and its key players that reported moving trucks were reported outside the Bellevue business of notorious late-term abortionist Leroy Carhart. Carhart is currently under investigation by the Nebraska Department of Health and Human Services for massive abortion-related injuries to a 35-year-old woman reportedly coded at the hospital after being transported from his Bellevue, Nebraska, abortion clinic. The complaint uh, also included 27 other life-threatening medical emergencies documented by Operation Rescue. Carhart apparently is heading toward Pueblo, Colorado. A very disturbing story as well, too, that came through LifeSiteNews.com. And this is a uh, Justin Trudeau uh, appearing on the, uh, the, the drag queen race uh, program, uh, urging Canadians uh, to start accepting and learning from drag queens. Uh, he appeared on the TV program. Nancy Pelosi has also appeared on this program before. Uh, Let's see, from townhall.com, New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern said Monday that lawmakers will decide if the voting age should be lowered from 18 to 16 after the country's Supreme Court deemed the current voting age discriminatory. I personally support a decrease in the voting age, but it's not a matter simply for me or even the government, Ardern said. Any change in the electoral law of this nature requires 75% of the parliamentarians vote. But, uh, folks, there's a push here across the U.S. as well to lower the voting age, some wanting to put it down to the age of 16. And let me just close uh, with this uh, more positive story here today from American Family News, a revival in East Texas and a warning about lost souls. Uh, This is uh, Jacqueline Horan, grew up in a church as a Bible-reading pastor's child. She later married a pastor was even in seminary to obtain a degree when a seminary professor challenged her to examine the foundations of her faith. So she did. She came up short. So on a Sunday morning at Friendship Baptist Church, she went forward after her husband's sermon. I thought for years that I knew God, she explained. But her hope wasn't in Christ. Her husband and Pastor Jerry said it was in her religion and in herself. As far as she and the church uh, Our concerned revival broke out after the East Texas congregation witnessed their pastor's wife humbly admitting she was a lost sinner in need of Jesus. To date, 32 people have been baptized, and the small rural church of 60 people has grown to more than 200. Just a reminder here, as the Lord's Day is approaching, to be in a church that upholds the authority of God's Word, the Bible. Oh, we learned yesterday there are so many that are watering down God's Word Let's be in a church that upholds the authority of God's Word. May you be in a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church this Lord's Day. Thanks so much for listening. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Take Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.